Hello and welcome to Rusted Junk. Yes, it's lucky dip time again. This this time, it's the turn of Dom the Don, who is going to introduce... Uh, Dom the Don? Dom the Don. Dom the Don. There, see. A man of of many names and few talents. (laughs) That's me, yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) But you have a talent for picking a good film, which we'll get to. What film are we doing? Well, tonight, Charlie, tonight, everyone, we are doing Predator, the 1987 science fiction action film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, lots of other cast members we'll cover in Roll Call. Woohoo! Cool. Here's a trailer. rescue team not assassins now what do we gotta do in a part of the world where there are no rules we pick up their trailer the chopper run them down grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there what do you mean we deep in the jungle where nothing that lives is safe you lose it here you're in a world of hurt showtime kid knock knock an elite rescue squad you're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Philly so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. Blood, no bodies, we hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He will skin the lion! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Okay, so was that trailer the whole film? I think I swear so. That, I swear that music's Lethal Weapon. Anybody want to... It feels Lethal Weapon-ish. It, it, it does. does. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think that's the official trailer. That went on far too long. That was too spoilery for sure. Yeah. It literally I mean, followed the whole film. I was like, are they going to reveal the Predator? Because we had never really seen the Predator when no. the movie had first come out. Like it wasn't in posters. It wasn't no. in TV ads. It was so just Arnie, wasn't it? I don't recall that trailer at all. Uh, no, I, I would say I don't recall the trailer, but we picked it now. And that's that's a trailer. Somebody made that and it was shown somewhere. Um, this isn't a 1987 film for us. This is a 1988 film because it's released on New Year's Day, 1988. Mm. So it's only just, only just not 1987. I remember seeing something better than that. Mind you, Schwarzenegger could have made like a puppet show at that time and I would have gone to see it. So it's just, you know, 
That'd be good. Schwarzenegger puppet show. But are you saying it's a 1988 film or a 1987? Well, it's it's, it's it's a 1987 film. If it gets released in the US, then. Yeah, for me, it was 87. It is 87. Yeah, but. All right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, let's not no get book. bogged down in years. Let's let's get to the. So who goes? Who go, So who goes first on on scores? Oh, spin the roulette. Shall wheel. I go? Shall I, do you know, I never go first. Shall I go oh, first? Oh, go on then. Yeah. And I think Dom, is it how we do it? Dom goes last because it's his film? Or yeah. Do you, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, right. Coming out, coming out the gates. I know I'm going to be alone on this one, and I really don't care. Previous listeners of the podcast would know what I would have said, said this because when we were going through great films and what you give them, then I did say that I would give this film a ten, and it is a ten. There's very little wrong with it. It's the sheer definition of uh, an action and sci-fi mix-up. Uh, th- those kind of things weren't, you know, aliens aside weren't really being done to that sort of effect. You get the biggest action star, arguably at the time, in there. Uh, everybody gels together, gives a good performance. You've got a good reveal. Uh, you've got a this unknown assassin. Yes, the special effects are a bit dodgy, but they're 80s special effects, so they're pretty good for the 80s. Yeah, they're pretty good for the 80s. Um, it's perfect. I, it, it's it's 10. I do, I do have minor niggles, but not, nothing that would take away Nothing that would knock it down to a nine. So that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe? So I never saw this in theaters back Ooh. in 87. Okay. In fact, I saw Predator 2 before I saw Predator. Did you? Yes. That must have been slightly Ooh. confusing. Because I had no interest in seeing it for some reason. I just really wasn't into the trailers or the advertisements. And in fact, I saw Predator for the first time last year. And I watched it again last night. So when I watched it last year, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I would have given it like a six out of 10. But I watched it again and I enjoyed it a lot more this time around. And, um, you know, it, it went up slightly. I, I'd give it a seven out of 10. But it's, it's basically... It's Rambo meets Jaws in the jungle, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You just described the perfect movie, Jack. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, that's why you gave it a 10. Um, but we'll, we'll get into it. But it's definitely, uh, it's different. The acting is all over the place at times. Ooh. That's why I don't see how you can give it a 10. But, oh. but you're Charlie and I'm not. That, that is true. Right, blimey. Manda. Oh, I'm going to go straight in. I'm going to give it a nine. A nine? Yes. Oh, my. Wow. I was honestly thinking a seven. It's it's so high, look. Dom's left the room. It's crikey. He's walked off in disgust. And he's like. He didn't want us to see him cry. My prince was making a lot of noise on slightly less exciting. Nine. Come on. Tell yeah, us about nine, the nine. Nine for me. I um I have watched this movie before and I remember being scared witless when I watched it the first time. I think it's the music. It's because it's like I don't know, it's a bit it's it's quite um oh, I don't know how to describe it. Suspenseful, but 
kind of like in your face a little bit, but it's not like orchestra. It's a lot of like percussion stuff, isn't it? And like tapping and, and different things. Anyway, I won't go into the music a bit, but yeah, I, I was really scared. And uh, I got the same sort of like, not to the same degree, but I was still a bit kind of like in suspense because I didn't know when this thing was going to appear again. I couldn't remember, but it's actually not, it's actually quite far into the movie, isn't it? When you first see it. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a really good eighties kind of macho action thriller suspense kind of film. And, and yeah, some of, some of the acting was a little bit dodge, but you know, it's fine. They don't they don't hang around for that long today, all of them. Wow. Right. To the, but to our, the it did turn out to be a bit of an Arnie fest at the end, didn't it? In, indeed. But anyway, over to the selector, as we'll call you, because it is your choice. Um yeah, wow. some, some revelations in this uh, in this spot already then. So Joe has what you've seen it twice, the first time being last year. That's pretty mind blowing. And um, Amanda, your your comments about the the score and the the musical settings and things, I'd, I hadn't called that out as being what would what would have kept you on edge. But what have we got? A seven, a nine, and a ten so far. Well, I'm going to give it the the royal flush or the flush anyway. I'm not not a strong folk player, but I'm giving it an eight anyway. Oh, so I think cool. it's a, okay. I think it's an excellent '80s action film with some absolutely memorable scenes and some all time classic dialogue i mean we'll get into it. Some, some of the lines are just um, fantastic first time you hear them and they were used in playgrounds in the uk or where i went to school at least for for years and years afterwards um i thought the casting deserves some real credit you know uh obviously arnie um and you know carl what well, are the big the big stars but the, i thought the rest of the cast carried it off really well but as i was watching it with a more critical eye normally it's the sort of film where you just switch off and enjoy you know trying to put a review together for this pod it, it did occur to me a little bit like the full metal jacket episode you did recently um it's it's a film of distinct parts you've got a, a brilliant beginning to the film i think with the getting together and the landing and the assault on the camp and then you've got a really good ending i think with arnie and his kind of one-to-one battle with the the monster um and then the the little bit that gets you between those two parts the pivots between them i thought you know was was slightly more lackluster um so yeah for me uh an excellent enjoyable great 80s action film eight out of ten wow seven eight nine ten well what, someone put me out of my misery is that a flush or is that a run i don't know but... no well, idea don't play you need that. one more card for it to be a flush okay okay <laughs> another flush a straight a straight a straight that's it well, i should have got that done shouldn't i um, before we go in, before we go on, and possibly go into roll call, before we go into the the film, um, I have to let the listeners know how I first watched this film. So, I've got to admit to some illegal activity at this point because when I was at public school, there was a video recorder in the school, and there was a kid who was kind of rich. His dad was kind of like Flash, and he had a Panasonic, a very top of the range Panasonic video recorder. And he used to bring them in and we used to record the videos. We used to put the one that we rented from the shop in and, and in the classroom when it wasn't being used, we recorded all of, and copied all of these VHS tapes, which was great at the time. But one of the guys who was an overseas student came with a, with a copy of Predator. And when, he never told us where he got it from, but it was VHS quality. It was... You know, it wasn't like fuzzy. It wasn't out of 
blurred. It wasn't filmed in a cinema. It was a proper copy of the VHS. And we pirated the heck out of that and made a, made a small fortune um, by, by doing that. That's the first time I saw Predator, then caught up when it came into the cinema. This was what, five months before it was released over here. And it's always one of those mysteries where he got it from. I have no idea. But yeah, um, that's where I first saw Predator. And the starting not, pirating videos. Not only are you going straight to hell for that one, <laughs> but you just confessed of doing a crime. Yes. Which if I'm no. not, according to my FBI warning that I have over in the United States, that's $250,000 per copy. But that doesn't include also the time you're going to spend in a penitentiary, Charlie. Uh, well, see, think so about you, it. It's, there's no evidence of that anymore. I could have just fabricated the whole thing. Just, just for effect, but I'll let, seen, the, I'll let the viewers decide. I've seen these American jail films as well, Charlie. They trade you like currency in the uh, in the yard as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, yeah. You maybe in my lose, prime. Yeah, maybe in my you prime. Definitely better lose that accident, Charlie, if you come to an American jail. <laughs> oh, I'll just do. I'll just do Dick Van Dyke. All right, governors, how are you doing? <laughs> Right. Well, on that note, before we get into it, should we go into roll call? Yes. All right. Okay. Dom, do you want to introduce it? Because you're you're doing roll call. Go for it. Here's roll call. Roll call. That's that that that'll work. <laughs> that, that that that's a ticket. Like, we need to we need to jingle. <laughs> right. Well, who are you going to start with? It's your it's your show. We we are. But near passengers on the roll well, train. There's only one one place to start, really, isn't there? This is an, an Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle, and so let's start with the main man himself, Arnie Dutch, as he is in this film. So, yeah, the um, what what a life Arnold Schwarzenegger had, and this, I guess, was in his kind of prime, really, wasn't it? This is yeah, his, it was looking kind of buff. He, he was looking kind of bluff, yeah. Buff. Mm. On buff, yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's, he's um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's solid, isn't he? He's, he's mm. believable. Um, and I'm gonna come out on a limb and say, despite scoring this an eight out of ten, this isn't in my top three Arnie films of all time. But Is it um, not? but that's a reflection nah. of some of the some of the cl- uh, classic films that he made. Yeah, my my personal top top three Ooh, Arnie. Okay, I, can, I think I could guess them. But oh, go on, on, then, no. uh, can I write can I write them down on a bit of paper? And then, uh, yeah. okay, no, no, I'll be honest. Right, okay, go on. Oh, I've got one. Go for I've it. got two. I can't think of a Twins. third. Uh, no. Okay, well, no, that's not on anyone's top top ten. I think. Okay, not, not not only action all the way. No, Kindergarten Cop. None of those are on the top top three. Uh, I would have put uh, that in. Total Recall. That's that's number two. Two. Of my okay. List. Oh, it's like Family Feud or Family Fortunes. <laughs> um, True Lies. Nope. Jamie Lee Curtis, she, uh, you know, for her, perhaps, but no, not no. Uh, not. Terminator 2, of course. Yeah, that's number one. Yeah, Terminator 2, <laughs> Total Recall. Commando. Terminator. No, not Commando, no. Based on a Stephen King short story. Running oh, Man. Oh, The Running Man. Yeah, Running Man. Yeah, I think I'd have that at number three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be True Lies, um, Total Recall, and... Terminator 2. Yeah, it'd be True Lies and Terminator 2. And I'll be honest with you, I might have put Kindergarten Cop in there too. Uh, I enjoy that movie. (laughs) It's not the (laughs) Tuma. 
We've got, again, but we've got two phases of Arnie. Like, we've got two phases of Bruce Willis, two phases of Stallone. You know, we've got the Terminator, the Commando, the Running Man, Total Recall. And then after True Lies, it all goes to pot. He starts doing Eraser. Six Day plays Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin, which I'm sure everyone would like to forget. And then pops up again in the Expendables movies. And Well, it, there was a chunk of time when he had his political career, wasn't he? The governor of California. And that explained, you know, cutting some slack for that perhaps. But uh, yeah, I just think he, you know, he bizarrely got afraid of being typecast, wanted to try new things and he should have stuck to what he was great at, which is a big slab of meat smashing his way through various deserts or Latin American you know, dictatorships and, um, and saving the day for the US. I thought that, you know... And he did do a film with Johnny Knoxville called The Last Stand, where he played the mayor of a small town that an escaped drug dealer had to come through at some point and he had to he had to stop it. And that was with Johnny Knoxville. It sounds like it should not shouldn't work at all. And possibly if you watched it, you probably think it, it doesn't, but it, it's getting the whole town to try and defend itself against Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville and Arnie. It's, isn't he from the Jackass? It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2006, I think it was. Oh, well, but one. the thing about Schwarzenegger, though, is that, yeah, I agree. His movies kind of went downhill, but he'll always be an icon. Yes. It's, he's right up there on the Mount Rushmore of action heroes. And, um, you know, it's Terminator, I guess, is his most famous role. I wouldn't necessarily you know, think of him in Predator. I mean, people will associate him with Predator, but I think when most people think of Schwarzenegger, the first thing that comes to mind is Terminator. Yeah, but then we see, again, we see the law of diminishing returns on Terminator. True. It's just that the, 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 the last crop of movies have been not, not just woeful, but some of them downright offensive, just don't work. I, I slightly disagree with Joe, though. Like, I think if you did a, a sample of the public, you know, UK, US, and yeah, ask them to name their, like, Family Fortune style, what's your, you know, what do you associate with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I think Terminator would be number one, but I think Predator would be number two or three. Maybe it was a bigger hit over here than it was in the US, perhaps, but uh, I think it's one of his kind of core roles that, that defined him. Yeah, why but didn't I you still want to see like... it, Joe? That's why didn't you want to see it at the time? Well, just to answer Dom, I would say most people, they wouldn't be able to name what the character was when you said predator i mean they they might have known that he was in it but it's it's not too memorable of a character well over here i wouldn't say it is it's it's not rocky it's not rambo like where stallone had those but schwarzenegger definitely has the terminator and that is such a classic character Mm. um i don't know i just never the trailers just did nothing for me i'll be honest with you i mean and, and i loved arnold schwarzenegger back then this was before Terminator 2, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's when he just broke out. Like, he was, he became a star during Terminator 2. But, like, when I saw the trailers, all I saw was a lot of close-up of, of Arnold's biceps. And when I saw the movie, that, that was, like, maybe a, another cast member was his right-arm bicep. <laughs> it you was know? one for the mums. Yeah, I guess so. 
and maybe for some dads too. Yeah, but uh, exploding heads always bring in the mums and get some get some going. But it's, it, you know, got a little ridiculous though. Uh, that's why I, I see I don't understand the ten part because it's kind of cheesy. Like when you see it, like when Carl Weathers and him they they first meet and they lock hands. It's like oh, all right, stop. Well, look, yeah. it's, it's, right, yeah. let me let me be provocative then, right? So, if you were gonna, if you were to say who's the definitive '80s pop star, you might say Michael Jackson for the for the men, and say yeah. Madonna for the women, yeah. Yes. But if you were gonna say definitive '80s movie star, I think Arnie's got a good case to be, you know, the, the number one male contender for that role. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Who you know? Who else would be in that kind of you know ch- challenging on that pedestal? So, so Joe, you know, you say it was Terminator Two when he became massive and, and that was 91 but I, I think of him as a kind of quintessential 80s action hero I think mm. we better move on to Carl Weathers otherwise oh yeah sorry <laughs> we'll have to do part part two Carl um, Weathers or Bill Bill Withers I my mind tries to uh, tries to call I just did that too I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that yeah so I'm gonna well, we can summarize him more neatly than Charlie so Apollo Creed um, also in Happy Gilmore. There you go. There's your insight for Trips uh... in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, Apollo Creed, Happy Gilmore. That, that's a bit. <laughs> that's a bit mean. I mean, there are admittedly not as not as big as that. Apollo Creed is is a defining character. It's just oh, I can tell you character. one. Well, I was going to say Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Action Jackson. I don't know if that was big where you guys were. We had G.I. Joe and we had Action Jackson action figures when we were little kids. And I preferred Action Jackson because, you know, he was the size of my Marvel and DC superheroes. But, yeah, Action Jackson was pretty cool growing up. Is that uh, like our version of Action Man? Probably. You know, he was suit. like a war hero. And, yeah. you know, okay. th- this was a, a masculine way for boys to play with dolls back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, he did play a military policeman in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Did he really? He I did. did not know that. He did. And he was also in Arrested Development. And Joe, <laughs> how, could you, how could you forget? He's Grief Cargo in The Mandalorian. Oh, well, yeah, but I didn't I didn't, yeah. I didn't. know if we were going there. But Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not going. like I forgot, but I... Uh, okay. All right. No, he's great. I mean, I, I, I love Carl Weathers. I mean, in fact, while I was watching this movie, I was kind of disappointed that the movie wasn't solely like more about him that he didn't switch roles with Schwarzenegger where maybe it was him and Schwarzenegger were the last two to survive. And he was the one that destroyed the predator. You know, I, I think that that would worked be, a little better yeah. for me. Yeah. I think it. Yeah. I thought there could have been more of a redemption arc for him, uh, but you, you're right. Cause he would have been a big star back then. It was definitely the Arnie show, but he was the number two in this equation, wasn't he? So he would have made Rocky four, like a couple of years before this came out, didn't he? I think chronologically. So he was kind of really riding the crest of that Rocky wave. And then he made this. Um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who have you got next on your list? I next went for um, Bill Duke, the actor that plays Mac. I've got to to admit, I love watching Predator last night. I've watched it so many times, but I, I was blindsided how much I appreciated Bill Duke. It's, it's his, Move it's it, part of his movie is descent is descent into madness of of losing his best mate, and it's just like this side thing that's going on while the rest of the action's going on, and 
he's having a mental breakdown. And it's just like, and I, I look at things you've been in before, and I know you've got in there. I won't spoil your, your. oh, he's in that as well in a moment. But he's in Commando. He's, he fight, he's the guy that fights him in the hotel room. And he goes, um, I was a Green Beret. Oh, I, I ate Green Berets for breakfast and all this sort of stuff. And then they have a fight. But yeah, I loved him in this. Yeah, I thought this role required him to act more than several of the other characters were needed to do when he was having that yeah. grief-stricken breakdown. And uh, as I did a bit of research for the actor, you know, perhaps I was unsurprised to learn that he was in more than I'd anticipated. So you're right, he was in Commando and uh, Predator, and that reflects the fact that quite a lot of these actors did work together on multiple occasions. I think Jesse, well, we'll get on to some, some of the other ones later on, but Action Jackson that you mentioned earlier, uh, Joe, that also had... Um, Bill Duke in it and Sonny Landham as well. So, you know, maybe the cast got together. Maybe they were just the biggest blokes in the whole of America. And so therefore they were they were always cast for those sorts of people required. But it was in um, American Gigolo. These are the ones I remember him from anyway. American Gigolo. Then he's in a couple of Mel Gibson films, Payback and Bird on a Wire. Um, <laughs> Bird on a Wire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna... uh, he played Trask in X-Men The Last Stand um, and even turned up in a Steven Seagal movie as well, uh, Exit Wounds, which I don't remember, but I thought that's kind of like a bit of a clean sweep of some um, of the yeah. action genre, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. So, but he was also, what was really surprised, because he looks like a stereotypical character actor, doesn't he? A big, strapping, you know, meaty bloke, but he was uh, actually a reasonably accomplished director and did, a, you know, quite a number of TV series and uh, films as well, directed Deep Cover and A Rage in Harlem, which was, nominated for the Palm yeah. Door. So, you know, yeah, talk yeah. about having a few strings to your bow and uh, defying expectations. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, good on him. Yeah. For, for a guy who has a mean line in sitting there dry shaving his face uh, in an <laughs> ominous manner, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I, like, you know, I, I've done that before. Not my face, obviously, but my legs. And I've come out in a rash. Where we go with that? Are you so, intentionally cut your legs? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I come out in a rash if I dry shave. Oh, okay. Don't you? <laughs> I don't touch my legs. Nowhere. <laughs> you don't dry shave. What are you talking about? No, but if you do. No, it's like we don't. Next yeah, but question. if you did, you'd come out in a rash. Why wasn't he rash ridden? It'd be hard to tell with him. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um <laughs> okay, who's who have you got next, Tom? On that on that note. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that controversial note. Right. Next, we have gone for a poncho character called Richard Chavez, much more obscure. Um, yeah. After the big hit with Predator, which is his breakthrough, he made War of the Worlds TV series. Um, it was in every episode, first series, there was an artistic change of direction, wrote him out, and that was essentially the end of his career because uh, <laughs> after that, it was bits and pieces. I did read that he had a stalker, um, but it's diff- so it's difficult to know whether or not he um, his career withered because... That's what happens in Hollywood, them's the breaks, or because of his stalker. But yeah, apparently um, the police told him to protect his friends and his family and himself. He stopped attending conventions, withdrew from the public eye, and yeah, basically disappeared into obscurity. Do you know, was he an actual American Indian? I think he had some American Indian blood in him. But there were two, weren't there, that looked like they had American, Native American, whatever the politically correct term is. So this is the, for the benefit of our audience, um, the, the more slender of the two, the kind of scout character, yeah? Yeah, that's what I was talking about, because uh, I, I kind of felt he didn't. I mean, I could be wrong, but 
he didn't look uh, like Native American or anything like that. Okay. He yeah, more... played a good role. He, deserved, he did. He deserved more. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you didn't know, you know, which of these characters in this, because the rest of them all have pretty successful careers, very successful in some cases, you know, which one's going to be the one that fades into obscurity? I'm not sure many people would have called this this guy, but sadly, that's, yeah. that's what happened. Okay. Who's, who's, who's next? Next, I had uh, Jesse Ventura playing Blaine um, with his epic gun. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you probably, Joe, you and our American listeners will know him as a uh, as a wrestler. Had obviously had yeah. multiple, you know, multifaceted career as a wrestler. Jesse, Jesse, the body Ventura. Yeah, yeah. His, his Wikipedia page did go into quite some depth about his wrestling career, and uh, which I think reflects the level of interest in that in uh, in certain parts of the world. It, it was it was new to me. He did um, he did this film though, and was also again in Running Man with um, with Arnie as well. I remember him uh, distinctly in that. Mister Fantastic or something. Yeah, and, and Batman and Robin. So he was in three main films, all of which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think him and Arnie in, were good mates. Who was he in Batman and Robin? Yeah, I've got him as Batman and Robin, but I didn't write down who he was. Did he played, but he wouldn't have played Bane, would he? I, I hope not. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't make a note of this character either, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, Maybe a, I can see Amanda looking it, looking it up now. He had a big political career over here too. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Who's that? Jesse Ventura. The, the guy that played Blaine. Yeah. So he was, um, what was he, 38th governor of Minnesota for four yeah. years. Yeah. And that was huge. I remember when that happened too. Um, nobody thought he could win because he was a wrestler. But he actually, he went knocking on people's doors and introduced himself. I mean, thousands and thousands of people, you know, and people really liked that because no other politician would do something like that. And that was a, a huge part of his win. And I always remember that. I thought that was really cool. And, and the other thing that was noteworthy was that he wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. He was for the Reform Party, apparently, the part the party's only candidate to win a major government office, it said here. So he did it outside the kind of mainstream thing. But it, and prior to prior to this, you know, so, that it, so he's got such an interesting life. Um, he started off after you know, a certain age being in the U.S. Navy underwater demolition team during the Vietnam War. Then he became a wrestler. Then he became the um, actor. Then he became a politician. And after leaving office, he was a visiting fellow at Harvard University's JFK School of Government. I mean, you know, to say he's a big, dumb you know, uh, killing machine in this movie. He's, uh, yeah, in depth. The he's ultimate not, killing and machine. He's, and he's not the only one, you know. We've already talked about Duke, but we'll get on to a couple of the other ones uh, as well. Yeah, um, in Batman and Robin, he played Arkham Asylum Guard. That's the... Uh... Okay, you know, now that you mentioned that, I think I remember him. Right. He's also in Demolition Man. Did we say that? Oh, no, I just got me in Predator, Running Man, and Batman and Robin, but he's in Demolition Man as well. He's in Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. So I suppose next we're moving on to Sunny Landon. Yeah, Sunny Landon. Why don't you you run with this one, Charlie? Uh, I don't know much. He was in 48 Hours. Uh, He played pool worker number two in Poltergeist. I will have to go back and watch that. I never have a problem watching Poltergeist. I I do like like that. Um, Again, the reunion, as as you already pointed out, Dom, Action Jackson. They must have all got, they must have all got like wasted. Well, I don't think it was a fun set. Let's put it that way. But they must have shared some tequila or whiskey and gone, should we all make a film together? 
And they could, yeah. Well, who, who drew, drew straws for who's gonna who's gonna be the lead? And Carl Weathers go, what? Oh, it's like it's me. Fine, okay. Well, sort of- I'm I'm sure like Schwarzenegger remembers his friends and tries to get them in his movies, and I think that's what he did with Jesse. Uh, for a couple of times. Yeah, despite but, but, the fact they had a little nice, healthy rivalry. Yeah. yeah. Um, who is this guy, Sonny? Which character did he play? Uh, Billy is the um, the the guy. The, uh, tracker. the tracker. The one that is supposed to be um, Native American, right. I think. So I'm confused. So the guy we were talking about prior to this, who is he? Yeah, that was what I was trying to clarify. So there's two characters who, look, there's this, the one we're talking about now, Sonny or Bill, Sonny Landon, who played Billy. He's the quite big, muscular um, one who was the one who's able to kind of make a snap assessment on what had happened in a in a part of the jungle a few days earlier. The, the other guy was the kind of more... He got hit by a log. Conventional, yeah, got hit by a log scout, I suppose he was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And the Getting last thing old. I've got, Sonny Landon was in uh, with Stallone in Lockup. I, I remember, yeah, I remember him being in The Warriors, which was one of my dad's favourite films for some reason. I, I was never that keen on it, but he used to watch that periodically, and he was, um, uh, he was in in that as well. He, he got he was in a big fight scene at the start of that. Hmm. He also um, ran for political office, uh, you know. So he's uh, that's three three of the main actors in this film. So yeah, the. Um, Rams became governor of Kentucky, but were, unlike the other two, uh, Jesse Ventura and Al Schwarzenegger was unsuccessful. Mm. Um, I've got two more on mine. I probably would match up. I think we've got to, even though it's a very minor character, we've got to have a shout out for Shane Black. Um, you know, Hawkins, first person to get killed by the predator that we see on screen. Um, he played a crewman in The Hunt for Red October. He was in as good as it gets, but however, that's that's his movie career. His movie career wasn't the thing at the time of, of doing this. His other film that he wrote, *Lethal Weapon*, was out nineteen eighty seven. What a great year, apart from *Stakeout* for for films. Uh, you know, he then wrote he wrote all the *Lethal Weapons*. He wrote *The Last Boy Scout*. He wrote *The Long Kiss Goodnight*. And the thing about it, when when you go back and watch those films. I think he's got a writing style all of his own that if you didn't know you're watching a Shane Black written film, you would pick it up a bit like Tarantino. You, you know, you can see that Tarantino went in and um, uh, rewrote some parts of Crimson Tide. You can go and see which parts exactly, which, which bits he did. Cause he was talking about silver surfer and all of the pop culture references. You can see that Shane, the last boy scout is a great film. The long kiss. Good night. is a great film. Um, Unfortunately, he ended up uh, writing The Predator, uh, which we'll get to, uh, which wasn't very good, the 2018 film. But then equally, you've got Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer in the in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is a wonderful film. Can't wait to watch that again. And he's uh, currently writing Lethal Weapon 5, which we know is being made. But he wasn't just the writer. He was also the director of several of those films as well. Mm-hmm. So he directed... Predatory directed Iron Man 3, directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as well. So for a period, he was the most successful kind of writer-director in in Hollywood, which is not not bad going, is it really? And, you know, Predator aside, his subsequent film appearances were essentially just cameos for the sake of it, uh, you know, to show his face and goof off and appear in another movie. So that was, you know, he was very much behind the camera was his uh, his forte and his highly successful. I've got some stuff on... On that for trivia time, perhaps we'll say that. Oh, excellent. Okay. 
Well, the last thing that I would mention is director. What a, what a one, two, three. Predator in 87, Die Hard in 88, Hunt for Red October in 1990. Mm. Boom. Now that, I'd sit down and watch that, that, that trilogy any day, any day. That's, That's not bad. A hell, of a, hell of a run of form, isn't it? Yeah. To go from this and go, how are you going to top Predator? But I don't know. I'm going to off-duty cop in a... In a yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And we covered I that. would mention uh, the uh, the composer. Alan oh, Alan Silvestri. Silvestri. Yeah. He was great. And when I first, when I was watching this movie, I instantly thought of Back to the Future. Like with a lot of the the pieces or the, the, the sections that he used, it reminded me a lot of Back to the Future. Hmm. But he's he's been a really good composer. I mean, he did um, Forrest Gump. I guess he did like the some of the Marvel movies. Uh, I think he did the Avengers theme, Captain America. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Good shout to give give a shout out. A recognizable composer. Yeah. Then yeah, you could lift some of that score and put it in Back to the Future, and you hardly definitely. Notice. Yeah. Like when Biff steals the book. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Well, that's the end. Last one one for me. I just shout out to Kevin Peter Hall, the guy that played the Predator, who, you know, turfed out Jean-Claude Van Damme from from that role. So seven foot two, did Predator and Predator 2, Harry and the Hendersons, and was dead at 36. So, you know, tragic tragic end to his life. You mean, um, uh, we never knew it was Harry and the Hendersons. It was Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Over here, was oh, it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, we hmm. played him today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was he also? Was he Alien too? The first Alien in the, uh, you know, Ridley Scott's Alien. I, no. I didn't pick that up in my no. research. Uh, that's uh, Yafet Koto is the, the only oh, okay. person in Alien. Um, um, can we also give a shout out because he's also the helicopter pilot that comes and picks Arnie up. That's the Predator. Oh really? All right, I'll check yeah. that out again. Yeah, it's worth worth. Interesting. You go back and look at that guy. Yeah, seems familiar. Um, it was also in a, a TV uh, show with Courtney Cox before she became famous and friends called Misfits of Science. I it's remember dr- that. It's awful. Do you remember it being awful, Joe? Because it is. Uh, I was probably younger, so probably Courtney Cox had psychic powers, so she could bring down helicopters with a with a psychic powers. It's. <laughs> It sounds just like the thing that would be up my street. No, uh, even I have limits. I was a little more forgiving back then. Right. Anyway, right. Onto the film then. So thoughts. What do, what, 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 what do we think worked? What do we think? Maybe I think most of it worked. I think there were a few things there. I've got a few quibbles that, that I have with the film. Um, I get one of them out of the way. If the predator is in this vicinity and is hunting, why isn't all of those people in the camp wiped out and literally all of them dead? Because he would have had a go. Surely he would have had a go at all those armed men. Wow, what a challenge for him. Well, didn't he just land like not too long ago? No, because he... Oh, we don't know that. Oh, well, he skewered the guys in the in, in the helicopter. He's got the guys, the skin, the guys alive that came looking for the people in the helicopter. So I'd say that even he'd been there 24 hours. 
well, what's he doing? Sitting in the tree, knocking around, going, well, I'll just wait for some more more people to come. Just look over there. There's a massive camp. Well, loads of them. Well, he's polishing his heads, but he got Ooh. the skulls. <laughs> yeah, that, did that you sounds... notice, though? There Might were, have to be were, the rude button. There were other skulls on his belt. I noticed that, too. Like, he had animal skulls that. on there for the first time. Uh, yeah. I, that was, I thought that was interesting. Were they our animals? Some of them were, yeah, like they were smaller creatures. And again, I don't know if they were uh, earthbound animals or mm. alien. Mm. I have a, a suspicion that he'd been there for quite some time. Well, then by that logic, he can't have been because he sat next to a, is it a hunting ground. Yeah, but the the girl didn't the girl was it the girl or the or Billy? That <laughs> no, meant- it's the, the actress, the one that we completely missed in roll call, but that's because you know, she, she didn't do anything. Yeah, that's that fine. Yeah. Yeah, she she um she said that uh, he was some kind of legend, didn't she? I, th- I think the implication was that this wasn't his first visit to the planet to do some. Hunting right. than in the past, or his species habitat. Mm. I think he'd only. Yeah, it might have been. My interpretation was he'd just recently arrived, you know, in that in that vicinity. But oh, I I didn't get that. And as actually, bizarre as this point. as this sounds, actually, I used to read the Predator comic books, even though I didn't see the movie. And I'm not sure <laughs> if if this was actual lore, but there was one point where the Predators had a criminal, and then they just dumped him on Earth. And I kind of wonder if that was him because he did act a little insane towards the end. If like they were ever going to pick him up or anything like that, it was just like, well, let's just get rid of this guy because he's a nutball. Ah, well, that brings a whole new dimension to the drop off at the start, which is which isn't that the craft's going to come back and get him. That's your lot, yeah. son. You're on you're on Earth there. Wow. Well, then why would he have to prove anything? I don't know. Maybe just liked hunting. Maybe it was his vacation, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to start killing people for seven days. All right. Just want to hang out by the pool, you know, get a tan and, uh, which he didn't get (laughs) pale as a ghost. That one. Well, while we're on the subject, might as well get this out of the way. They made films after this with, right. Okay. So let's just, let's just do that. Um, and it's preposterous. I mean, it does get the descriptions get ever more worse as you carry on. I genuinely love Predator Two. I, I, like I, really, Predator I really like Predator Two. Um, I, you know, no, it's just it just reunites loads of people that I just I just really liked. But Alien versus Predator was a comic book at the time, and was just yeah. invented as just like why don't we just a bit like the podcast when you mentioned about putting all these comic book characters together. Why don't we put Alien and Predator together? So then they made the film. And then Pre- you find out that at the end of Predator 2, in when Danny Glover goes into the craft, he sees the xenomorph's head, hmm. which you see that they've been hunting Alien, the alien. It's like, well, that's pretty cool. So then they made a film out of it and said they created the aliens to hunt, which doesn't make a lot of sense because then Prometheus and you've all that. But anyway. Well, not necessarily that they created it. It was just one of their trophies. They did hunt aliens. 
They did, but they, could, they, they it was put in Alien versus Predator that created the aliens in order to give them a challenge and something to hunt. And then they've had a base here for thousands of years, which is an underground pyramid. I'm not even starting with the first film and it's already sounding a bit preposterous, but yeah. And at the end of the film, there's a Predator and Alien hybrid that comes out of the Predator's chest. You're like, oh, good Lord. You jump in the shark here, really are already. The next they, one, the 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 crash land in Colorado. Uh, they end up nuking the town on that one. Then you've got the predator, where the guy finds uh, finds a bit of the armor. He mails himself the ar- armor. Uh, there's a larger predator and comes and kills the other. It's just it's just ridiculous. Did you it's see just, predators? Did you mention well, that one? Yeah, well, I, and then I was going to say, well, Predators, they put all of these hunters on an island. You don't explain how they get there. Oh, sorry, on a world. You don't explain how they get there. And the Predator wants to test himself against a Yakuza, test himself against a ninja. I, and I thought that sorts. one was okay. That oh, one was pretty good. And then you've got... Uh, well, all I'm saying is you've got a great character here. Why would you reduce it to... Why would you? Why would you make a worse film? And I know you can say that about Alien, you can say that about Terminator, you can say that about most films, I suppose. Exactly. That's the whole thing, is that they don't know how to handle these characters. And they just think just because we have the license for it, people are going to want to see these movies over and over again with new adventures. But you have to have really good people that are good at stories, and they just don't do that anymore. It's well, yeah, They rely too much on special effects or famous actors, and they just don't give a crap about you know, with the writing, but yeah, you are completely right. This whole Predator franchise and Alien franchise, because they're very similar, they could have been so much more and they just wasted it. Yeah. I just wonder how great a character the, the Predator actually is anyway, really. You know, for me, the bits I enjoyed most in this film were by far where the human beings or the actors are, inter- are interacting and the camaraderie and, the you know, the scenes where they're, understanding what happens the assault in the camp you know i thought that the you know the, the predator as a character hurries the action along and he's obviously the you know the protagonist within all of this but actually you know if you think about it is this arch hunter this universal kind of hunting machine quite often his method of hunting is just to fire some sort of plasma cannon into somebody's back and kill them you know that's like a, a little bit like taking a machine gun isn't it to hunt deer or something just you know, it's not not exactly a particularly Fair fight, I thought. So, but then um, you got Predator too, and he kills him in so many different ways. Um, mm-hmm. In that, so you can see that he's quite versatile. And how can you then go and mess that up? Well, it is an unfair advantage, especially with the camouflage that he has. I mean, if he wants to be a warrior, it's almost like it's so easy for me to like go out and shoot lines if they can't see me, you know. Or, but it, if you really want to be man or to beast, you know, you arm yourself with a knife and you go after that. But that's why you would think that that's the, what the predator is thinking. Well, towards the end, he was like that, like with, with Arnold and it was just the two of them. Yeah. These were my, this is my comments about the structure of film. So you've got the first half an hour or so introduced all these characters and you with them observing their interactions, they attack the village and things. And then in a fairly perfunctory way, they're kind of, some of them are killed off and, you know, it's fairly, you've, you've, invest in his character and suddenly he's dead and you move on another one's dead and you kind of rattle through their deaths, some of which are unseen in the case of, um, oh, what was he called? The 
the Apache guy. Um, and then you've got this kind of long epic ending between Arnie and, and the Predator. So, so you know, that, that that's kind of why I didn't quite score a 10 out of 10. For me, you, you, it was a little uneven in, in that respect, I think. Right. I know well, over I, here. No, no. But I just think, Amanda, you haven't, you haven't spoken for a while. No, I haven't. Okay. I'm just thinking, actually, um, <laughs> rather bizarrely, uh, when I get my visual migraines, my vision goes like uh, I'm seeing Predator. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really weird how it works, and it, and it starts in the middle and then works its way out. It's she gets really these little horns on the side of her face that come out. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have like, like night vision. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. That's, uh, so for me, that film has given me a, a, an explanation on how I can actually describe my visual migraines, and I've done that on a few occasions. And does anyone under thirty know what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I don't speak to anyone under thirty really by anymore. <laughs> I'm that age now. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, okay, even when I'm auditing, maybe, uh, maybe we go to the next one. Maybe the, the, even when I'm auditing and I make cultural references, I'm now that far ahead generationally that people are like, no. and I realize, oh god, I have to say the immortal words, just google it. I just wanted to say one thing over here a lot of the critics had a big problem with this aspect of the movie, they said it was two different movies. <laughs> Which aspect? It was it was two different movies. Oh, like when they saw it, you know, because in the beginning they're they're going after some uh, some rebels, and uh, you know it's a whole military thing, and then it yeah. turns into an alien movie or um, or a horror movie, and for some reason they they really didn't like that. Like they would rather it just be one thing. It was almost like a bit confusing to some audience members. Well, oh, that's interesting. Oh, so they never saw Aliens then? Not not a fan of, like, one of the greatest science fiction movies of the 80s? I mean, that no, is that's pretty space. much... Yeah. The clue's in the title. You're fighting yeah. an unseen enemy. You're fighting an enemy that can camouflage itself well. Oh, you've got, like, really big guns. Oh. Wasn't this film actually going to be called Hunter? Yes. <laughs> and that's why Arnie says he's a hunter. And there's no reference in the film to the word predator, is there? No, but predators are bad. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I would have liked it to be called Hunter, but there was a TV series of the same name yeah. starring Fred. Is it Fred Dreyer? I think so. Uh, yeah. Um, it was kind of supposed to be a comedy action, but it was a lot lot more action. Remember it? Anyway, uh, the body count in this. Does anyone want a quick guess? What's the body count? Well, I, I did with all, with all that the gorillas that got killed, eighty odd in that camp alone, wasn't it? In total, sixty-nine humans, most of them at hands of Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> one scorpion, one boar, and one predator. <laughs> one scorpion, one boar. That's a th- that's another minor annoyance. So for years, I thought whatever the predator touched, he killed. Because when he goes to the, the scorpion and picks a scorpion up and puts a scorpion in the palm of his hand, the scorpion goes black, whereas previously there was a little bit of life left in it, even though it's been squished. And the scorpion goes black. And I'm like thinking, does he have the power to like... The scorpion didn't go black. He didn't see the scorpion. He did. He just he, saw the... He held the scorpion in the palm of his hand. 
Yeah, but you saw the visual image. What he yeah. would see. And there was heat, and then it disappeared, and it went black. And I was like, whoa. Sure you can? I can already see Joe is going to go back. Go, go back and go have a look. No, at I remember that part. But... I'm going to look at the helicopter pilot. I'm going to look at the scorpion. It probably went the... black because no, it I the... Yeah, didn't build, you know, Duke, didn't he just kill it? No, he stepped on it. It still had some life left in it. He stabbed it and he stepped on it. And you would think that it'd be dead at that point. Well, there was still red, there was still red showing in the predator <laughs> thing until he picked it up. Unless so... it's not a thermo, it's actually sort of some acid detector. Yeah. <laughs> Acid cam. Oh, well, that's that's an annoyance because in Predator Two, they wear suits that protect themselves from the heat, so they can't have any thermal image. But the Predator just goes click and switches to a different view, and they can see all the torches, so he can see where everything's where all the people are because they're on the other end of the torch. They should have just covered themselves in mud, shouldn't they? It'd have been far easier. Well, yeah. Um, do, what do we talk, what do we talk uh, about famous favorite characters who's who's I mean Arnie aside who's who's your favorite characters in this or favorite character maybe well I think there's a there's a case for Blaine isn't there with his, his gun <laughs> uh, which I remember being called a helicopter gun but I don't know if they referred to it as that in the uh, film what's it called old oh, painless old oh, painless yeah yeah I mean, that 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 it's probably very Freudian, Freudian. I don't know, but that had a distinct impression on me in the playground. I remember playing, uh, you know, wanting to have that gun when I was uh, when I was younger. Watching <laughs> Isn't that like a like a Gatling gun? Yeah, it's usually on the side of a side of a helicopter. Right. Surely, if you're in that situation, they wasted a lot of ammo, don't you think? Oh yeah, when they were shooting in the woods. Yeah, like- they just like obliterate everything. And you're like. You've got a finite amount of ammo. <laughs> you're not still 100% sure you've got him, but you've just used probably, you know, a third or a half of what you've got. Was that very wise? No, I 100% agree with you. Hmm. Yeah. Considering they don't know what they're going to encounter, you've got to. Yeah. Why do they need to make a stand? Why don't they just get to the chopper? True. They, they had to take the northeast trail, didn't they? And it and it wasn't the good good way to go. No, but build building their home alone traps in the jungle. Um, <laughs> admittedly, there were no swinging paint cans or anything like that. That would have been a, that would have been a different film, wouldn't it? There were swinging logs. Predator stands in a bear trap and then puts his face in some jam <laughs> or something and constantly <laughs> starts going around. Be like the naked gun. I think that would work, you know. Yeah. The That's jam. The next, the next reboot is a slapstick version of Predator, where yeah. he gets his, his the jam could clog up his little guns it. on his shoulders, couldn't it? <laughs> his, his little get things the glue mad. out. <laughs> get the glue. Well, I was like, "How the hell is that little stick holding up that huge log?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physics, Joe. Physics. Oh, the other minor annoyance: Bill Duke's head gets basically blown up but yet when when uh carl weathers comes and sees him his head is tilted and his head's fine i'm like basically he shouldn't have a head left yeah so, 
for a man who scored this ten out of ten, you are you are finding. I'm done picking, I'm picking slight things. I could I could sit down and watch this on repeat. I just love it. Why don't, just... why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us what you love about the film? Go. On, what, what's your What's your highlight in this film, then, Charlie? Uh, the the highlight is exactly what the the reason why Joe said that some people didn't like it. It takes you in a direction in one way. It takes you these hardened people that have seen all of this action. Obviously, the insinuation being we turned down Libya because we didn't want to assault assassinate Gaddafi. Fine. Okay, so they've got some morals in there. They're people that are very good at what they do. They go in there, and then suddenly they have to react to this thing that they've, they, they haven't encountered before. And maybe I probably was arguing against myself. Maybe it is their, their thing that they say, do you know what? We've got to do something about this. Otherwise, we're going to be picked off one by one. Why don't we just enclose it, make a perimeter around it, and have something that at least we can control to try and see if that we can do something about it. And what it doesn't do is fall really easily into the trap of going, do you know what? I'll just make this all, all a bit camp, all a bit kitsch, all a bit something something in it. There, there's genuine fear. You've got the bit where Arnie, you know, goes up and inadvertently makes himself, you know, um, invisible, invisible to the thing that was invisible to them. And suddenly he goes, right, okay, well, I've leveled the playing field now. It might not work in my favour. It will. Spoiler alert, it's an Arnie film. Of course he couldn't lose. But but you you, you get to see this, this thing where the Predator actually treats him as an equal and fights him as an equal and goes, okay, right, let's do this. And yeah, okay, you've got the nuclear bomb at the end that, you know, he walks away from. But if you look at the other films that were out in, in 1987, we had some great films throughout. We've had some great films beforehand. This just went, I'm going to take you in a different direction and I'm going to, I'm going to give you an Arnie film, but not what you expected. And, and I think it's that unexpected nature that means I give it a 10. I want to talk about one other goofy thing. What about <laughs> like when Carl Weathers' arm gets chopped off? Oh, yeah, and it's still firing. And his finger is still pushing the trigger on the ground. I think that would be like an exception to what Charlie's just said. That I think I do agree with his analysis. I think that's spot on. I think it does defy. It's, people may, people who are not a fan of this sort of thing may think it's formulaic, but it really isn't. But I would say something like that, Joe, is an example of where they do throw a bit of a bone to that more slapstick kind of predictable stuff i would say so yeah that's maybe the exception that proves the rule perhaps mm. you can have that though where you can have a muscle spasm when something's been you can have a spasm but it wouldn't be able to shoot off rounds although it might not have been shooting off rounds it might have just been twitching but it did well, they kind were of consistent rounds so it means that it was i think they actually filmed it so it was twitching because it wasn't consistent rounds it was just as as the finger kept going Wait. I don't realise this podcast. It was just loads, loads of a... it was just goofy looking to me. Um, well, I just think it was supposed to be fun, you know. I think it was supposed to be funny, really, you know. And I know it sounds a bit strange, like dismemberment, and so, but you know, this was an action film, wasn't there? Some of the lines in it, you know, it, if you take them literally, are, are ridiculous. The, the stick around, the I ain't got time to bleed. These these things that are supposed to be funny, aren't they? And amusing, and I think that that. It, it seems like a very 80s thing today, but violence is what the audience wanted. You know, it's catered to a certain section. I'm not saying it would have been an ideal date movie, this. I'm not saying that the female demographic was overly represented in Predator screenings, perhaps uh, Amanda. <laughs> but, you know, 
American, British, people around the world, they want that to an Arnie film because you think, right, I'm going to see guns, explosions, violence, um, you know, something's going to be... Yeah, muscle, yeah, homoerotic perhaps, I don't know. But yeah, there's, I mean, that scene when they, the start of the film is brilliant and they, they're flying on their choppers and they land in the base and, you know, Arnie walks in and, uh, well, is it Dylan? And Arnie hasn't clocked him yet. Some damn fool accused you of being the best and they have that kind of mid-air arm wrestling <laughs> session, which must be one of the campest scenes ever committed to film really it did go on um, for a little bit lot too long didn't it as well you're like yeah mm. it was a good like three to four seconds <laughs> yeah, before was, they moved the camera again yeah, it was very very lingering wasn't it um it was. that, they sprayed a little bit of oil on, on the muscle as well i think just to give it a bit of a glisten oh yeah yeah and poor so, but, carl weathers i think his sleeve went down you know because he got big bicep too but you really didn't get to see it that much because it was covered up a little bit I think Bill Cheek's Bill Cheek Bill Cheek was my unexpected favourite. I just think he was great. And he comes out with a line: "If you do that again, I'll bleed you real quiet." You're like this guy. This guy could, and he could do that to Carl Weathers, and he would never know. Um, and then you've got the obviously Turner Ed um, bit where he skewers the scorpion. But I must say, it's just brilliant. The um. I keep wanting to call him Apollo Creed. You know what I mean? Um, his character's a bit of a goofball, isn't he, really? He's supposed to be CIA. He's supposed to have been on missions before. Yeah, he completely yeah, that's pops true. everything up, doesn't he? Yeah, he's been on missions before. He's like, you know, the guy that they didn't want. It was like the guy that they'd picked last in, uh, in PE to be on a team, I guess, because... <laughs> He just, uh, wasn't very good. he just invited himself along, didn't he? Yeah. Because he wasn't picked. And then he's like making noise when he shouldn't be, uh, telling them fibs about why they're there. And you're just like, mm, hang on. It's because the, the CIA got him pushing too many pencils. That's what, that's what, that's what the problem <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's lost his edge. That's kind of it. It's that, you know, money and fame has kind of changed him where – his old team that didn't happen to them. That's why they were expendable, you know. And oh god, it's Rocky Five. It's Rocky Four, Joe. Stallone is 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 oh. no, it's Rocky Three. He sees the money and he changes and he loses it and oh yeah yeah. You can see the parallels there. But, Poor Apollo. Uh, by mean, the way, but, man mentioned PE um, for our American listeners. They, she means phys ed. We know is that. It? Well, I know, but you didn't know. I, I don't know. People know what you... We have PE, and we call it PE. A PE was like something P. Diddy or Puff Daddy used to do, wasn't it? Why? Yeah. Right. As we all know, as long as you've got three quid for the tuck shop and you don't forget your sun cream, then, you know, you should go to PE. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth, so. Oh, we had, we, had, <laughs> we had to explain what the tuck shop was, didn't we, Joe? Yeah. Cryptic 1am messages. I know. I'd been out on the lash with work. Sorry. I'd sent it to the wrong group. It should have gone to the family group and it went to your podcast group. I suspected alcohol was involved. Um, But but America didn't have a tuck shop equivalent. No, it was just a food stand. That's all we would call it. That's where you get pizza from. But what does what does tuck mean anyway? Tuck grub, like yeah. So, so, so fryer tuck is a word for no. for food. Uh, well, he did eat a lot, didn't he? Yeah, 
not that much. I mean, he's not he's not massive. I mean, he's he not was Fire Tuck. Fire Tuck was massive. Yeah, Fire Tuck was a right old chubber. Not in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm, oh, no. sorry. You're gonna watch that. The, de- the definitive. Uh, definitive. <laughs> oh my god! I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but move on. We're on Predator. Anyway, right, okay. so yeah. The thing that amazed me in this film was uh, how quickly uh, they were picked off by the Predator. Because as soon as one went, the second went. Then. Uh, so girl, girl runs first victim. Second victim was I called him Tobacco Man. Guy spitting out. Uh, then they did lots of wasted ammo. Then they made their first protected base and realised he's actually in the tree, so that didn't work. Um, alien. Oh yeah, when he when he um, mends his leg uh, from that kind of like ambush thing, mm. it's got a medical kit. Well, yeah, well, he would, wouldn't he? Would he? Mm. Well, if you ask, in his, in yeah. his armory, that was amazing. <laughs> I thought that was wicked. Um, uh, and then the third he, bit is after he's mended himself, um, he just disappeared. You didn't see him again. What? Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Uh, and then the girl finally talks, and then um, so she was saying about you know that historic thing about you know the the devil in disguise or whatever, um, and then she said that she'd seen his blood, um, and then uh, was it Arnie that said if it bleeds we can kill it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then he decided to make a trap in the trees. Then Matt was the fourth victim. Um, the CIA guy was a fifth victim, so it didn't take long. And then Billy was the sixth. And then the wounded guy they were taking along to get back to the copter was the seventh. And then it comes after Arnie. And then you get that whole kind of like Arnie predator thing. So it actually wasn't that long from the first victim to the seventh before him and Arnie had the face off. And that was my criticism. It's a bit perfunctory, just getting rid of the characters, like bang, 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 right yeah. now, it's the, now it's the ending. So, yeah. I, I thought you didn't really get to know the characters particularly well. They were just a little bit, yeah. yeah. Just they were throwaway. Just to give them a yeah. bit of background. I, so, yeah, I think I, that could have been a bit better. I think it would have been interesting if uh, they might have been paranoid and thought it was somebody in their group doing it, killing Ooh. everybody one by one. You know, maybe not throughout the whole thing, but at first, like, kind of being suspicious of somebody if they were like alone with the person that died or in the vicinity they're like you know well maybe he's lost it he's the one that's that's killing them or so we've got a horror version of predator worked, though, could it you don't think so no because the girl ran off didn't she and the guy chased her hawkins yeah and I thought they could have made more one. of the jungle. You know, it's obviously the scenery and the settings is really effective, and I'm sure we'll hear about how tough it was to film there. But I think Joe's right. You could have made more of the location, how kind of claustrophobic and difficult mm. it really must have been to have been there. Yeah, that, that possibly could have been better explored. Mm. And surely, doesn't it rain, like, in Central America a lot? Well, it's a 24-hour period. Was it 24 hours? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, about that. Yeah, one night. Uh, yeah, was, I thought it was they're, too they're, nice. they're all off in the day, and then he's left on his own in the night. 
might have been a little bit longer because I think they might have had. I think it was uh, a forty-eight-hour thing. Oh wait a minute, the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was one night. Okay. Well, all right. Well, so anyway, I'd have thought it would have rained, and I thought that would have like cocked. So, so you think that what was missing of... was rain? <laughs> right, okay. You thought that what was what was missing from the film is is it should have had a bit more rain. Well, if it was Central America, it would have rained. Okay. So it had some uh, ant hills, or okay. Maybe the predator can control rain. Nah, I think That's... it would have uh, mucked up his um, electronics. I don't think he'd have been able to. Have I been... think he's accounted for that, though. No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't think he'd have been been able to have gone invisible in the rain. If it rains, no. <laughs> well, okay. The evolution of the, the evolution of the predator. We need to do something about this rain thing. A thousand years later. He's in this film and goes, oh, I knew we had something we needed to fix. How do you know it rains on his planet? You don't. Oh, well, okay. So they've been there before and they've they've been to that area before, but they've never experienced rain. He primarily attacks the Bedouin in the Sahara. That's his main, that's his main market. If you're living in the yeah, just... <laughs> the Indians call him Gagala or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you like that, the predator can live in Manchester, and uh, yeah, he's, he's never been seen once. <laughs> so if there was no rain or water, he'd probably smell, and they could probably trace him that way. Yeah, we're spotting some flaws like in there. That. Yeah, yeah. When he falls bit... in the river, it does mess with his electrics. Exactly. Thank you. But I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but he soon fixes it. Well, he doesn't because he has to get himself dry, doesn't he? <laughs> it was missing a towel. Good lord! That's right, what it was missing. Do you know what? This is descending into madness. Let's put it back on a back on a keel. Um, let's go to trivia time. It's yeah. hot. Sorry. I'm ready? Yeah. It's trivia time. Here we go. Trivia time. Let's go first. Who's, who's got? I've I've got some. Oh, you guys go. I'm out of it. I didn't really look at trivia. I haven't got any trivia. Take it away, Uh, guys. Okay, well, I'll go with a couple. And then, Dom, I'm sure you've got uh, a few there as well. Um, The film provided a variety of hardship for the actors, such as leeches, snakes, stifling humidity, heat, and rough terrain. All of the night scenes were filmed during freezing cold temperatures, which were especially hard on Schwarzenegger during the latter half of the film, when the mud he had to wear actually it was pottery clay, became cold and wet. He was warmed. It would take his body temperature down just a few degrees and he shivered nonstop. Even when they tried to heat him with lamps, it just made the clay dry out. (laughs) Poor Uh, baby. He he tried drinking Jaeger tree, a schnapps mixture to warm him, but it just got him drunk. So they stopped. (laughs) I think that's brilliant. Where was it filmed? That was like Jaeger bombs. Here you go, Arnie. Have some Jacob bombs. That'll warm you. Why are you slurring your words? Was it filmed like in the Congo or? Uh, Yes. It It was in Wales. (laughs) Uh, Guatemala. Guatemala. Full metal jacket. I mean, if they filmed that in England, I I guess it's Guatemala. It's Guatemala. Okay. Wow. Uh, It's cold there, does it? Well, yeah. I mean, so, so I'll do the second bit, second bit while Go we're on, talking man. about the location. Um, gun, gunfire, the, so the hardships of the location were many. 
Uh, gunfire from Guatemalan rebels could be heard at night, and poisonous snakes often invaded the production camp. Working extremely long and hard days and nights in these conditions, Sam, Sam Winston's crew found release in practical jokes. The hotel where they were staying in Mexico was right at the edge of a forest, Richard Landon recalled. And on the lawn, there were hundreds of frogs hopping out of that forest. So some of us went down, gathered up a bunch of these uh, frogs, which were huge, half of a loaf of bread in size. So big old frogs. Oh, my God. And filled the shower stall in Stan's room with them. Then we hid, stood back to hear what would happen. When Stan got back to his room, after a couple of minutes, we could hear him yelling, frogs, frogs, there's frogs in my room. Who put frogs in my room? We all stuck our heads in innocently and go, what's happened? He has someone's put frogs in my room. And I know who did it. It was Arnold. Schwarzenegger and Stan were always playing practical jokes. So, of course, he assumed he'd done it. Um, he told us, help him gather the frogs. And we put them in Arnold's room. <laughs> what he didn't realise is that his wife, or oh, wife-to-be, Maria Shriver, was visiting that weekend. Arnold didn't find the frogs in his room. She did. Um. Uh, and she wasn't happy. And for years, Winston continued to believe that Schwarzenegger initiated the frog incident. And that's how he told the story when he appeared on the Arsenio Hall talk show uh, one night. It wasn't until the following night when Schwarzenegger appeared on the show, he swore his innocence before a television audience of millions that the guy finally confessed. The guy that did it finally confessed. And Winston learned that his own cute crew members of the culprits. I never knew it was him because from the day it happened, we never spoke of it. I kept waiting for him to bring it up and he kept waiting for me to bring it up and neither of us did. And that's why the truth didn't come out till, till years later. Ooh. Yeah. I think if, I'd, if, if I'd upset Arnold Schwarzenegger and his wife to be, I think I'd probably keep my mouth shut about it. <laughs> yeah. Fear of, uh, yeah. But they're both thought, they, you know, they had to go on talk, retrospective talk shows to find out the truth. It's very strange. What have you got, Dom? I've looked at the weather. Oh. Guatemala. Okay. You get it's not as hot as you think, actually. Temperatures, January temperatures. Well, it's it's basically the whole year, middles, the highest temperature from about 24 to 27, 28 degrees, and the lowest is 12 degrees up to 16. So I didn't think it was it got that low, actually. But um Surely you'd be able to cope in a 16, sort of 14 degree weather with clay on him. Cold at night, warm in the day. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not exactly cold though, is it? 16 degrees. Anyway, this, I'm feeling the heat of the jungle in the, in the UK today. Uh, or, or as Joe calls it, uh, an, an average an average day in Florida. Yeah. Um, I do like this one. Just the last one. Jesse Ventura and Schwarzenegger had a bit of a rivalry going. He used to play pranks. Um, and Jesse Ventura would, would know that Arnie would get told that Arnie's on his way to the gym where they would all do. And he'd pour water on him. He'd pour water on himself. Um, and so Arnie would walk in thinking that Ventura was drenched in sweat and believed he'd be working out longer than he actually was. <laughs> so, uh, so Arnie began his workout sooner. Ventura's different his worked out, and in the end, they both they both arrived at the gym at four a.m. <laughs> because they were just trying to outdo each other. I like that. I like that. Oh. My my Arnie trivia is in the context of the actor rather than the film. So, as I was um, reading his biopic to prepare for roll call, 
uh, young Arnold was in the Austrian army in 1965 um, to do the year of mandatory military service. During his army service, he won the Junior Mr. Europe contest. He yeah. went AWOL during basic training so he could take part in the competition and spent a week in military prison. Participating in the competition meant so much to me that I didn't carefully think through the consequences, he said by way of understatement. But I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was that was pretty hardcore. A, winning Mr. Junior Mr. Europe at 18. Secondly, doing a week in military prison as a result of it. Did you yeah. guys ever see uh, Pumping Iron? Uh, no, but I, that, that, that's, I think, where that comes from. And... Um, yeah, I really want to after you yeah, should. It, this pod. It's such a great movie, and, and it's him versus uh, Lou Ferrigno and the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're both uh, competing. It's it's a real documentary of them competing for Mister Universe at that time. And Arnold is just a villain, but he's such a lovable villain. That was the movie that made him a star because people noticed him. And it's like he's got something, you know. I mean, first of all, he's got looks. He's got the body. But he's also smart, too, because he was messing with Lou Ferrigno's mind, you know, where it, it kind of almost caused him to lose. And, and Lou doesn't come off on this good at all. You know, he's just not the brightest guy. But uh, definitely check that out. It's what's amazing about it is it's real. It's a documentary and uh, it's just so much fun. I'd say I'd have to put that up on uh, maybe my number two Schwarzenegger film now that I think about it. Really? Wow, maybe I'll find a way to we can all get together and watch it. Or, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'd do that, but anyway, mm. sure, I'll, sure, I'll find a way to, to get it to us. Um, so quite a recent one, um, April twenty twenty one. The original Predator writers were suing Disney, twentieth um, century studios, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Jim and John Thomas, who wrote nineteen eighty seven's Predator have filed a lawsuit against 20th Century Studios about the copyrights uh, to the sci-fi action classic. They filed the suit to exploit a copyright termination provision in order to recover the copyright to their literary material. Disney filed a countersuit against them to keep the franchise under its ever-expanding film roster, and the lawsuit has put plans for a fifth Predator solo movie on hold. Um, You know a bit about this. Because um, I know you've talked about this on your podcast, Joe, where Disney file a suit, a countersuit, and a countersuit in order to try and either retain the copyright that they've got or to steal the copyright. Well, Predator is basically dead, I would say, as a franchise after that last movie, The Predator. And Disney wants to resurrect it so it can kill it again. Because you know anything that Disney is going to do with Predator, it's going to be awful. What about Quentin Tarantino's Predator? That would be a God blessing if that ever (laughs) happens. But I have a feeling, what is he? He said he's going to do 11 movies. Uh, Yeah, he's got one more to do. I heard that the next one might be Django Unchained, a sequel with Zorro in it. Um, I hope that's not the case, but uh, that's going to be his last movie. I, I can't see him having... Room for Predator. He was going to do a James Bond movie. I would have loved to see that. Or yes, Star sir, Trek I remember. Movie. Yeah, and a Star Trek film. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but Disney, Disney like they're uh, quite a. Um, what's the word? Is it lit- lit- litigious? litigious? Litigious. Litigious. I would love to see a Predator walking around in the Disney parks, <laughs> scaring little kids. 
Yeah, chase, chase, chasing a xenomorph like a that'd be uh, quite fun, like the Blues Brothers review show. Yeah. And then, the, then the two of them break out into song, and then little Leia comes out of nowhere and says, "Stop!" <laughs> and everyone tries to tries to chase her and can't keep up, keep slowing down. Yeah, yeah very good. Right, well, we got anything else? Oh, Oh, you've got Uh, to, okay. Apparently this year, uh, next month, there's supposed to be a film coming out called Prey. Yeah, I think it is out right now. It's on Hulu. Yes. And it's supposed to be the prequel to Predator. What? Set in the 1700s in Guatemala. He didn't. He didn't think of sharing this like before when we were talking about has the predator been here before? Yes, yes. Funny you should say that. They just made a film about it. All right, okay. I I'm surprised. So you didn't see a trailer for it? I no. guess not. No. It, it doesn't look very interesting to me. Uh, okay. It looks very quote unquote woke. I'll <laughs> just say, leave it at that. Yeah, Isn't it's, everything? It's a girl, top it's a girl that plays the lead character. If that's woke, I don't know. Well, we'll get ourselves into trouble if we start going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not going to. I'll talk about the rabbit hole once the podcast is over. <laughs> well, on that note, I think, look, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think we know exactly where. You got going. it. You're missing the big one. I, I thought that Dom was going to say it. Oh, the, the with Jean Claude, you mean? Yeah. Well, I know that he basically it, it was a it, it was a combination because he was obviously in the suit. It was a combination of um, because he's, he can do his martial arts, he can make the predator into this thing. Well, obviously they get the suit, they realise the suit is quite cumbersome, and he can't do an awful lot in it. He then complains that he can't do the movements in it. Um, the suit caused him to pass out all the time. It was too um, hot, wasn't he? And basically said. Uh, Wait a minute! I'm gonna, nobody's going to be able to see my beautiful face. No one's uh, going to know it's him. Nobody's going to know it's me. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you're supposed to be an alien, unless you know. And I think because that they just went okay, a bit like Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. You just go over there, and we'll just bring in Kevin Peter Hall. Um, and despite the fact that even though seven seven foot two, um, he did struggle with it. He had to be connected. To the, the, the suit was so heavy. It weighed over 200 pounds, the suit. Wow. Um, and he had to be connected to a bungee ring in order for him to, to move more believably. And you can see that in parts where the Predator makes those big sweeping, you know, movements, you know, um, when he's running. And you can see that. It's obviously connected to some sort of rig that's enabling him to do that because it's just so heavy. But, yeah. It wasn't Van Damme's predator it was like a red lobster like it didn't look anything like the predator that we saw in the movie i don't know that one that, that'd be good and it's it good maybe it wasn't a crab because only being able to move sideways would be quite a limiting factor in his, uh, <laughs> his predatory <laughs> rampage wouldn't it really and uh, well, if, yeah. you, if you go and watch the uh the new minions uh movie uh jean claude yeah jean claude yeah is oh, that was him a, that was him lobster claw hand and it's voiced by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. good. Well, there we go. We've drawn it to close. We've done three lucky dips. One more to go. Um, and the next film, 
uh, is going to be this is Spinal Tap, which we will do again for your listening stroke viewing pleasure or listening and viewing pleasure. You might be you might be that into this that into the podcast that you watch them both. If you do, then bless you. Um, weirdly, we're getting a lot of traction on YouTube. It's great, and and in the middle of all of this watch watch videos that are being watched, there is a lonely island that has no viewers, has had no views enough to make you trip YouTube into thinking I'll give you one view, and that's Stakeout. And you know what? I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy nobody watches that. Nobody's watched it, but people have listened to it, haven't they? Oh, they've told loads of people have listened to it, but but nobody's nobody's gone in and gone, oh, what do I fancy fancy watching tonight? Or liked us so much in another podcast to go, ooh, what about Stakeout? Nobody has ever gone, do you remember Stakeout? Let's watch something. No, forget it. Joe, have you watched steak, another Stakeout? <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> With uh, Rosie O'Donnell, sounds good. I'm surprised, uh, what's his name? Uh, Emilio Estevez hasn't watched your podcast on it. You would think he would watch it because he's so full of himself. <gasps> oh, crikey. Well, we know Robert Jenny Jr. listens to our podcast, so he it does. It's true. He, we, know, we know Cher's taking legal action following last, uh, <laughs> the previous <laughs> pod in the series. But, uh, probably can't say anything more about that now, can we? Well, not, not now. No. No. Not while the jury's been picked. Not after the, not after the B-bomb was dropped uh, repeatedly. Um, no. <laughs> She's used to that word, though. She uses yes. it a lot. <laughs> yeah, crikey. It is. When you think back to Witches of Eastwick, I, I was describing it to somebody, and they went, so... Do you not think Jack Nicholson, did you conclude that Jack Nicholson was overrated then? I was like, yeah, I think we might kind of did in a sort of roundabout way. You've still got The Shining, you've still got One Flew Over the Cookies List, but the rest of it is, and The Joker. Oh, and as good as it gets. All right, okay, maybe he's not. I don't know. But four good performances does not, well, actually probably does, because then you've got Marlon Brando. He's made some dreadful films. Did you remember a film called The Freshman? Yeah, Matthew I love Broderick. that film. Do Are you, you say you don't like that? Do you, Joe? Yeah, do you really? I do. And I thought Brando was excellent in that movie. All right, okay. All right, well, maybe when we veer onto 90s podcast, because that is 1990, uh, we, will, uh, we will branch out and never do that. Potentially. Ooh. Hang on, hang on. Are we doing we're doing 1990s, did I just hear? No, 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 no. We might if we, if ever, we, if we ever did. It's a rusted junk 2.0. Ooh, ooh. Well, as somebody uh, who was only 14 when the 80s ended, I, I would quite be up for a 90s podcast. I'm on uh, slightly more firmer ground there, really. But well, but, if we get list, you know, if we get listeners who branch out, I don't know. Who know who knows where it's gonna go, but um, we're designing a website so we can get some more traction there. So uh, I'll, I'll share that with you when it's all finished and done. Um, as I will, everybody else, I'll tell you when the website's gone, gone live. Anyway, Spinal oh, Tap. You can contact us. Oh, yeah, go on then. Yes, go for yeah. it. Yeah, um, I've resurrected the email that I made, like, when we originally started and then yes. completely forgot we'd got an email. It's rustedjpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and everyone that listens to this, just so that we know that, you know, people, just give us show a bit of love. Just send us a message. Send us a recommendation. Next, here's, here's your challenge then. Send us a recommendation on what you'd like to see on season six sequels. That's it. Anything goes. 
you can even have Back to the Future 2. And, and I apologise because um, I know that uh, I did say some films were off limits. Nothing's off limits there because I think a lot of things are sort of forgotten. So, yeah, you can have Back to the Future 2. And Joe, I'm really sorry that you couldn't have Top Gun, but you did have Full Metal Jacket, which was mm. which was very good. But, yeah. Um, so, next time we meet, we will be talking about all things spidely tapping. And uh, I look forward to it. So, yeah. Uh, Joe, do you want to say where everyone can find you? Yeah, you can find me at uh, WDWNT, which is Walt Disney World News Today. And uh, I have a podcast called Nerd Alert. And we come out weekly and we're usually on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And it's very good. It's very, very good. Oh, thank you. But, but does he have an email address? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, joe at wdwnt.com. If you want to email me and you have any suggestions that you'd like us to talk about something Marvel, Star Wars, DC related, or Disney or Pixar related, just let me know. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, I'll be the first to say thanks for listening. Uh, we love you all. Uh, goodbye. Farewell, dear listeners. <laughs> I thought I was going to go. So long. Oh, farewell. farewell. There's enough of us there. We can actually, we can actually do it. I, I might wear lederhosen next time if that's going to, I don't know if that'll impact <laughs> or that kind boost, of podcast. <laughs> boost our viewing <laughs> figures, but yeah, lederhosen. Right. Does anyone else want to say goodbye? Or should no. we just end it here? See click, click. It's me. Doodle right. pip. Okay.